0: Are you ready to rumble? It's Megaton Marathon, episode number thirty-seven, and this episode we are focusing on uh, the Persona Fighter games. I'm Paul and Davis, and uh, who am I here with? I'm Elisa James. All right, hey Elisa, thanks for uh, thanks for joining uh, joining me here. Um, you know, in the uh, for the main event. <laughs> <laughs> so uh originally uh we were gonna do uh uh shin megami tensei 2 as our next game but uh fletch is uh i don't know he's like clearing out some hoarders like house or something like that yeah yeah and this week's release of uh the joker dlc for uh super smash brothers ultimate Made it uh seem like perfect time to uh kind of delve into uh some of the uh, Persona Fighter games. So yeah, what do you what do you uh what do you think about uh what do you think about Joker in uh Smash Brothers?
1: Um, well, honestly, uh, as as someone who's um actually pretty terrible at the Smash Brothers games, um, he's really fun to play as. Like, he's a pretty decent. I want to say entry level fighter in the sense that his combos are really easy to understand and, uh, to kind of, you know, get his, uh, range and his, uh, placement. And, you know, the fact that he's super agile. He covers ground really easily. Uh, he's just, he's a lot of fun. And I, I found myself actually doing quite well playing as him. And, you know, way better than certain other characters who I've been trying to main for quite a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've been trying to do like some, um, so I've been doing some uh, three on three matches with my, uh, with my uh, new best team, which uh, is, uh, let's see, uh, Joker, uh, Bayonetta, and uh, Lucina. Oh, nice. Good choices. Yeah, fucking hey, man. Yeah, I mean I feel <laughs> like uh, I feel like Joker and Bayonetta kind of play similarly. Yeah, um, you know what? That's true. They've got you know, they've got the guns, they've got like some of the s- similar. They've got some similar like uh special attacks and uh they're also like I think two of the most badass uh characters in the uh in the whole game
1: yeah i agree like i think they do have some of the best designs like just great looking like the attacks look the attack animation looks fantastic yeah, yeah so I definitely they did, agree
0: they did a really really good job and I, I mean i i you know there's a million things i wish that um <laughs> like <laughs> i yeah you know, i really I, I wish we could have had like uh you know you know like jack frost like you know showing up and like You know, being, like, some, like, weapon that you could throw or something like that. But, you know, for what we got, I am pretty happy with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I I was a little disappointed, too, that it wasn't, like, Jack Frost with him. But, you know, but, yeah, like you said, I'm happy with it, too. It does make sense that it is Morgana because, you know, regardless of how you feel about the cat,
0: that is his partner. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of Morgana. oh that's good okay (laughs) yeah um so yeah yeah do you want to get kind of get into uh like uh how he how he controls and what what his whole deal is yeah absolutely so um joker was released uh april
1: 17th That's paid dlc uh you don't have to unlock him once you purchase the dlc automatically available Uh, He has a pretty great uh, moveset. I think we were just talking about that, you know, just how uh, agile he is, able to vault over enemies, cover ground quickly. Uh, In terms of his attacks, his neutral special on B is his gun. Uh, Standard on A uses his dagger, and then his uh, down on A uh, has him perform a sliding attack. His guard uh, on down B can be used to block attacks. And it also builds up his Arsene meter. When this uh, meter reaches the maximum, Arsene is summoned. Um, and which is, of course, his persona, which is his uh, main and like signature persona from Persona 5. And basically, Arsene pretty much boosts all of his moves, you know, including his gun and sword attacks. It um, lets his guard uh, deflect projectiles, you know, the Tetracon and um. Makara counters, which counters melees and reflects projectiles. Um, Arsen in general, he'll stay with you until his bar depletes entirely. And, and of course, it gradually de- decreases as he's summoned out. Um, what's cool is that his normal up B attack, which uh, uses the grappling hook, uh, it actually, when you summon Arsene, it turns into uh, wings that are summoned on his back. So while it can't damage enemies anymore his uh range for um recovery is uh, by far increased it also gives you uh temporarily invincibility so it's a good way too if you're about to get hit by a really strong attack you know you activate it and now you're invincible for a few frames so uh that's pretty great as well um his his normal grappling hook by the way it can pull enemies out of the sky uh, as well as grip onto the edge of the stage so when you pull enemies you know you do some great damage you of course pull them towards you and and that allows you to chain more combos with him so he's as you can tell he's very versatile um his all out uh His uh, final smash is all-out attack, which is, you know, from Persona 5, which is basically he calls upon the Phantom Thieves for a team attack, ending with his stylish kill screen effect. As a cool bonus, if you miss your initial strike to activate the smash, you can actually double back for one more hit by hitting the opposite direction on the analog stick. So it actually gives you that little uh, bonus um, second chance. Uh, that,
0: that that's kind of the kind of like level of smash playing that like is beyond me <laughs> like, i'm just like um i'm just gonna mash the buttons really quickly
1: exactly <laughs> you know that's pretty much how i play too so <laughs> so um his alternate costumes um of course yeah he has like the few palette swap ones and then he has a um because uh, his main one is the Phantom Thieves, his standard um, Phantom Thief outfit that he's always, uh, you know, wearing in the combat se- sections of Persona 5. And then there's the palace swap versions of those. Then there's also um, essentially an outfit that mimics Crow's outfit from Persona 5. Uh, and that was, of course, the Crow's, of course, Goro Akechi, your main rival and the secondary antagonist, of Persona 5. And also what's cool, too, is not only does it mimic the um, the clothing palette, color palette, but also his hair. So Joker's hair actually turns light brown, same color as Akechi's. And then the final uh, alternate costume is his uh Shujin uh, Academy uniform, which is pretty cool. And, of course, instead of using his mask to summon Arsene, he uses his glasses. I like that little extra touch. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, Let's see, in terms of the uh, music tracks, uh, the Persona tracks that come with Joker are pulled from Persona 3, 4, and 5, and the tracks depend on what version of Mementos you're playing in. Um, Mementos is, of course, the stage that Joker comes with, and it's cool because it actually does align with the track. So if you're playing a track from Persona 3 or 4, Mementos' color actually changes to reflect the uh, game. So, you know, for Persona 3 songs, it'll turn like a cool blue and you have little references to set pieces in Persona 3. And the same thing with Persona 4 turning yellow and you have like the little TV for the Midnight Channel, things like that. Um, in terms of the um, Persona 5 spirits, um, the spirits, is the spirits for all the Phantom Thieves as well as Igor, Caroline, Justine, uh, they can all be earned through fights in the DLC spirit section of the uh, main menu. Then you also get um, some Persona uh, Me costumes with the DLC pack. So you have uh, Morgana hat, Teddy hat, and then the actual outfits and hair for the Persona 3 and 4 protagonists, which is a, a really cute touch.
0: <laughs> have you figured out how to get those? I have not. I, I went into the the Me thing, and I could not, like, unlock any of those so i don't know what's going on with that
1: you know what i haven't even tried it out yet because i don't play
0: me fighters (laughs) no me neither i I only did it because (laughs) because you know i wanted the you know uh teddy hat yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I have to actually test that out
1: because I I really yeah, I didn't even I didn't even remember. Like I was so focused on the stages and like Joker, like I completely forgot about the me Fighter costume until recently.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean I had no idea that was even a thing until I went on wiki. And then once I did, I went into the Meme Fighter thing and could not for the life of me figured out how to get those things. So I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's something really obvious I'm missing. Oh yeah. It usually is. It's usually something like that. Um, I mean, it's not like, it's not like smash brothers is known for it's like incredibly intuitive menus. Exactly. So it's buried in there
1: somewhere under like 10 sub menus. Yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> totally. That's fucking ridiculous. It's like, I'm like, like even though like I played like i don't I don't even know like probably thirty or forty hours, I'm like, how do I just get to like a basic battle like every time I like boot it up you know
1: exactly i I know exactly how that feels <laughs>
0: um yeah, yeah, so i'm really I'm really stoked i you know I think the at first when I first like downloaded, it, I was like like eh, mementos. like it's like kind of like one of the less like visually interesting uh, stages, but the way that they change it up with the colors and all the, all the stuff that's going on, it's really, really dynamic and cool
1: yeah it is it makes me appreciate a lot more and then i like what goes on in the background too because if you have it on the original p5 version you know you have the phantom thieves in the background uh posing and you know cheering joker on and then you have like morgana as the uh van occasionally plowing through which is a lot of fun as well
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah totally totally so I don't know. You got any bets on uh, who's uh, who's going to be the next uh, DLC fighter?
1: Um, my hopes is that we get maybe Shovel Knight, uh, because oh. I think that'd be a really awesome one. And I'm always holding out for um, Shante because I love her and her okay. games as well. So I'm like, come on, give us those two. <laughs> I would
0: be down with Hollow Knight. Oh yeah, definitely. You know what I really—I mean, you know what I would really love—and I'm surprised that I—I I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'd be surprised if it didn't. Mm-hmm. I would love for there to be some kind of Dark Souls character in there. Oh, that would be really cool. I would be shocked if, uh, especially since they did the amiibo for uh, Solaire. Yes, be shocked <laughs> if uh, Solaire wasn't one of them that you know that would be a great
1: idea i i would love that actually
0: yeah yeah i think that i i, I don't know i have a feeling that, that you know i i don't know i i, I have a feeling that we might get slayer but you know that may be different. definitely and i mean i don't know who else i mean he's like the only like you know like <laughs> iconic or like nameable character from the dark souls series (laughs) yeah me too it's like i feel like he would
1: be the one to pick you know
0: (laughs) yeah i mean there's there's like the alcoholic guy in dark souls 3 who's like kind of like the alcoholic solaire but i can't even remember what his name is um i don't know and what do you what do you think about this whole like uh i mean a lot of people are like you know saying, oh, well, we got Joker on Smash now, like we're going to get Persona 5 on Switch in the fall or something like that. Do you think that's going to happen? I think that's a pretty decent chance because
1: it was funny because the same thing happened with um, with Cloud. I mean, because I have to admit, I was one of the people who was pretty angry that it was him and not one of the other, you know, Nintendo-based uh, uh, protagonists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Um, I mean, Cloud ended up as a pretty cool character. And then, you know, then we recently, they um, released Final Fantasy VII on Switch, which was crazy. You know, I couldn't have... I I would never have imagined that, you know, in my entire life, considering all the bad blood between Nintendo and Sony at that point, and how that game was, like, at the center of it. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, it's really crazy, you know. And then... The fact that they did eight and now they're doing ten and twelve, it's like Yeah. Yeah, they've mended all those fences
1: exactly yeah so it's just so um so because that happened that was a huge shocker so i think it's a pretty decent chance that you know we could have we could definitely be looking at a um persona 5 switch port uh most likely though i'm thinking it's gonna be the original game though port and then i'm gonna assume that the royal will be like for ps4 only but that's just my guess i mean uh, we could, because I know they're supposed to announce more information on April twenty fourth, uh, which I think ties into their super live concert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I wouldn't be
0: surprised because I, 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 I have been under the impression and read rumors. I mean, none of these are backed up, but I've been on under the impression for a long time that part of the reason why Persona has been primarily a Sony, you know, PlayStation base property is that like you know sony's been like kicking atlas some money like they like they did with sega and, y- and yakuza to uh yeah. help, help with the development costs so i wouldn't be surprised if they're like okay yeah you, you can throw the base persona 5 over on switch but you know all the bonus content that is going to be in royal like that's that's going to be a sony exclusive
1: that's, you know, that is true. That, that, yeah. So I, I, I could, exactly. I, so that that does make a lot of sense to me. It's probably what's going to be the case if they end up doing the Switch thing, that world would be the exclusive, like you said. Yeah.
0: You know what I would really love to see on Switch is uh, Persona 4 Golden.
1: Yes, I agree. It, um, I
0: mean, it could happen, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, once again, Final Fantasy seven is on the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like if that game <laughs> could end up on a Nintendo platform.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. Well I mean I mean think about I mean the Switch is kind of like remarkable, like what they've brought there. Like if you had said like five years ago, Oh yeah, um Nintendo's gonna have a new console out and it's gonna be portable and it's going to have uh, Doom and the newest Doom game. It's going to have Wolfenstein 2 on it. It's going to have Skyrim. It's going to have, like, all these, like, AAA games. Even though it's, like, relatively underpowered, like, people will look to you like you're crazy.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, no, and it's, and it's yeah, and it's just so kind of mind-boggling that we already have that. So, you know, definitely with those kind of things, uh, there's a pretty good chance of, uh, Persona 5 on Switch, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Oh, and then just getting back to Smash, I don't, this is totally tangential, but um, when I was doing the uh, Spirits, uh, uh, I uh, came across uh, Rathlos from uh, Monster Hunter, and I am so bent out of shape that he's not a uh, playable character.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh <laughs>
0: There's a few characters like that when you get in the spirits mode, where it's just like, why, why can't I play? Why can't I play this guy? Why, why, why is he not a playable character? Like, <laughs> isn't, like isn't Death from Castlevania in there?
1: Yeah, I think so, actually. And it's just like, oh man, like that would have killed. Or what was her from Fire Emblem? Like the one everyone loves, Lynn, I think. And it's oh, like right. she's always like a trophy, or I like, guess this time around she's a spirit, and it's just like. Are you ever gonna give us Lynn? <laughs> mm, probably not. Exa- exactly. No,
0: I'm just gonna keep teasing everyone. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and I would, you know, I would have preferred like Tharja, um, you know, who's like my Fire Emblem uh, waifu, over <laughs> uh, like five different Fire Emblem characters that all use swords. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly, and blue hair. <laughs> yeah. Except, well, you know, but then. <laughs> but yeah no seriously though it could have been a bit more variety in um some of the characters they picked like i get they were trying to go with protagonist but still yeah i think darja would have been like a nice choice over a couple others
0: yeah yeah at least it would have been interesting i guess they got like what's what's that dude what's the magic dude i can't remember his name um roy or rob or something like that i guess they had like one one magic caster so they were just like
1: Oh, you mean uh, Robin, right?
0: Oh, yeah, Robin. Yeah,
1: Yeah. because Robin's primarily a magic caster. I mean, I think he does have his sword, but technically it's the magic sword that casts magic. So it's like, yeah, (laughs) so I think Robin is the only one out of them that isn't like, oh, I'm a sword guy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally, totally. All right. Uh, So uh, shall we move on? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, even though uh, Fletch was uh, kind of digging, digging through uh, some hoarder's house, um, he uh, was kind enough to, uh, last night, write us some uh, notes about uh, Arc System Works, who developed the uh, next two games that we're going to cover, which are um, Persona 4 Arena and um, Blaze Blue Cross-Tag Battle. And, uh, you know, I've, I've played some of their games. I don't know a whole lot about Arc System Works. So, uh, yeah, uh, Fletch uh, kind of, like, wrote up some notes for us. So uh, there's probably going to be some editorializing in here that uh, is not necessarily mine. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and I'm not very good at doing a Fletch impersonation. So I am just going to kind of go through here and um, spare mind that, uh, you know, any of the shade. Uh, I may agree <laughs> with it or not, but uh, it's uh, primarily coming from Fletch. And uh, also, thank you so much, Fletch, for uh, spending some time with you this. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Arc System Works, they began as uh, Arc Co. Limited in the 8-bit era. And uh, <laughs> you've literally never touched a single one of their games before the Super Nintendo era. Uh, they're either Japan-only or Master System titles. And I have to say, being one of the only uh kids that owned a master system instead of a uh uh NES, that I'm now kinda curious to know which those titles were because I actually probably played some of them.
1: Oh wow. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I was I was I was I was like the Master System fanboy. Um <laughs> but uh yeah. So pretty much, uh, specifically they were kind of a contract developer for various publishers, mostly Sega and, uh, Bandai, uh, Banpresto, which meant that they either did uh conversion of titles on other former, uh, platforms <laughs> 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 and, or they did uh terrible license trash. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, here's some examples. Uh, Double Dragon, uh, for the Sega Master System, which I actually did play, and I thought was better than the Nintendo version, because it was uh, pretty pretty uh, faithful to the arcade version. They uh, did uh, the SMS version of uh, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, which I have not played, and uh, Ghouls and Ghosts, which the SMS was not capable of running that game. Oh um, yeah. I found, I, I found out, you know, in the emulation age when I went back and was like, oh, wow, they, you know, after I gave up my Sega Master System and uh, moved on to a Genesis, they put all these Genesis games through the Master System. I wonder how they turned out. And the answer is they mostly, mostly turned out really shitty. <laughs> um, they uh, also did a uh, uh, Famicom game... Uh, Ranger, which is uh sentai that uh, Power Rangers use its footage from. And uh, then also the non-puzzle Solar Moon games of the uh, 16-bit era, including the uh, terrible RPG. So uh, in 1991, they uh, became Arc System Works. In 1995, um, it, it wasn't until 1995 in the 32-bit era before they started making games themselves And the first one that got any attention was a series that continues to this day because uh, despite a lot of legal troubles and uh, best efforts, (laughs) those in charge, to strangle it in its crib, which is Guilty Gear. So, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, (laughs) As uh, Fletch wants us to point out... (laughs) (laughs) he he wrote this uh, and uh, neither of us uh, did that uh, did but uh, when Guilty Gear's rights became tangled in the legal quagmire Arc System Works proceeded to develop what is arguably the single most anime fighting game not based on a literal license and probably the most convoluted clusterfuck in all of fighting game history, Blaze Blue. Uh, he says, name me a single series with more fucked up continuity <laughs> and confusing release history.
1: You can't. <laughs>
0: oh, man. We miss you, Fletch. Um, <laughs> uh, in the late 2000s, uh, Flush with way more cash than the studio in this level should be trusted with. They first became a publisher, putting out budget titles uh, like the infamous US Casa- Castle of... Shikigami 3, and uh, then countless anime fighters like Arca- Arcana Heart, Melty Blood, Undernight, Birth, and then they started buying up the rights to older series whose uh, original creators had gone under. So uh, at this point, Double Dragon, the uh, Kunio series, Jake Hunter, Detective Saburo, and a few lesser known titles also came, up, came out under the Arc System Works banner. And in case uh, you're aware enough to wonder, yes... recent absolute shit pile double dragon four was all arc system works but the korean xbox live double dragon 2 wanderer of the dragons was not being last title prior to them uh acquiring license and uh he says uh if you're not if you're not familiar with wanderer of dragons that uh holy shit that's a ride so (laughs) Where this all ties in the Mega Ten Marathon for those wondering why the hell this is being covered. Um, It's uh, that their contract dev status, the handling of licenses, plus Eternal Devotions being the most experimental fighting game company, led to a deal with a very cash-strapped atlas that was strip-mining its properties right before being sold to Sega as their uh, parent company went bankrupt. And uh, hence we uh ended up with uh persona four arena. And uh, you know, I think uh so uh you know if uh this was HTML code uh we could do the uh close tag for uh Fletch here and uh I'm gonna <laughs> just uh <laughs> just uh jump in and uh mention that um I think nowadays uh, Arc Systems Works really has, like, a reputation for, like, really highly technical fighters.
1: Yeah, yeah, they do now, which is awesome. I'm glad they were able to move up from really god-awful ports that no one played to, like, you know, from that weird anime kind of mid to Like, you know, now it's like, okay, now you actually see they have a lot of talent with um with technical fighting games, so that's really good.
0: Yeah, I think their games are really big in uh, like the esports scene.
1: Yeah, they, yeah, they are actually cause they. I notice every time they release a fighter, at they'll at least for a year that you know that fight will end up in uh Evo. So it yeah. shows you just how you know good their stuff has been.
0: Mm-hmm. So it all ends out, you know, all ends out uh, pretty well for them. Um. <laughs> <laughs> However, um, that does lead us into uh, Persona 4 Arena. Now, uh, before we go in there and uh, start on that, I'm going to give you the uh, spoiler warning for uh, Persona 3 and Persona 4 because we're going to touch on elements that, if you haven't played those games, uh, may, may be Spoilers. So yeah, Persona 4 Arena, it was released um, on uh, PS3 and Xbox uh, 360 in 2012. Uh, a sequel, Persona 4 Arena Ultramax was released for the PS4. I haven't played that one. Um, do you know if there's uh, any uh, major difference between those? Um, mainly with Ultimax, uh, you just have the addition of uh, a few
1: more characters, primarily the uh, Shadow versions of all the protagonists, uh, including the really surprisingly cheap Shadow Naoto. <laughs> like, I, I didn't actually realize how broken she was until I watched a video showing how, like, thanks to um, certain mechanics dealing with the um, the Shadow versions of the characters, she, <laughs> she, she she can basically, like, destroy any mashup. No... I have to actually... Get the get the video because it's hysterical like how poorly everyone matches up against Shadow Shadow So if you just know how to deal with her status ailment, how to spam her um insta kill uh Moodle. <laughs> it's it's so bad. But um, other than that, and then, like, continuing the plot more and stuff like that, really nothing major. Like, the game pretty much plays the same. So, if you're used to Arena, you could pick up Ultimax and, you know, know how that works.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I was not – I mean, I do like this game, but I was not going to, like, kick down, you know, I don't know. Thirty or forty bucks for a PS4 iteration on a <laughs> game that I already have on the PS3.
1: No, absolutely, yeah. You know, you made a smart choice. There's really no point, honestly. It's, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Let's see. Um. So yeah, this is really uh very similar to other art games but it puts a really heavy emphasis on a uh, on the uh, avatar based system uh in that uh you can uh control uh two different characters simultaneously and i think maybe this is one of the first art games to do that because i know that uh the dragon ball game that they did uh also also does that
1: oh uh, yes
0: yes which is not a bad game in itself
1: yeah, yeah, FighterZ is pretty fun. I think actually that that one is uh, three on three, but yeah, it's a similar like tag. Oh,
0: there. you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, it features all the main protagonists from uh, Persona Three and Persona Four, all your all your favorites, and guess what? This game is canon. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> everything we are
1: going to state is all canon
0: <laughs> so I think Elisa and I are just gonna kind of uh, this uh, this story is uh, very very long and detailed and I think we're just gonna kind of swap off and uh, offer our uh, commentary on it um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah here we go let's start out here um so the story, starts two months after the events of Persona 4, but before the epilogue of Persona 4 Golden, which uh, means that Arena is set in May 2012. It's the uh, start of Golden Week, and so uh, Yu returns to uh, Yasuo and Naba and uh, reunites with Dojima, Nanako, and his friends. But soon, um, uh, my wife, who's for life, Chie, <laughs> uh, hears a uh, rumor that the Midnight Channel is airing again, and uh, tells Yosuke and Yukiko. <laughs> Yosuke! <laughs> and, you know, let me just start. Okay, so, like, in Persona 4, the Midnight Channel is such a cool, enigmatic thing that the fact that it's been just kind of, like, you know, just, like, trotted out for this game and for the Dancing All Night games and everything yeah. like that, it's like, Oh, the Midnight Channel, like, oh, it's back. Like, what's it want now? And it's like like thematically and just like you know, just like mood wise, it's just so cool in Persona Four. And it really kind of breaks my heart for them to just keep on like
1: Yeah, like you know, using it as a cheap out-wise. plot device. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you know So Yeah. Yeah. It's just so so cool and such a unique creepy device you know uh, in, in uh, persona 4 so uh yeah anyway so three of them and you uh see the airing of the midnight channel uh at the same time uh reese kanji and teddy go missing and uh neoto is uh busy on a mission you want to uh pick it up
1: yep so uh the following day they head into the tv world and they find themselves stuck in a tournament held at their high school where they must fight each other to advance. But during the tournament, they see a mysterious girl who claims to be their student council president, as well as three other Persona users they've never uh, met before. So, uh, obviously, those three uh, would be characters from Persona 3. Um The first one you end up meeting is Mitsuru, who's now the head of a secret uh, spec ops squad known as Shadow Operatives. And she's working with the government, consisting of herself and some of her old SEAS colleagues. Um, So on a mission to escort top secret cargo, the airplane she's on is hijacked. I guess manages to take down all the hijackers on her own, but one of the uh, pieces of cargo was stolen, which is a fifth-generation anti-shadow humanoid weapon, Lapras. Uh, mm-hmm. If you remember briefly, the anti-shadow um, weapons uh, were used in Persona 3. Igis was a part of that line. Um, and they were created, of course, by Mitsu's company, the Carijo uh, Group. So basically, Labyrinth, you already know from then, at that point, Labyrinth is tied in with Aegis because she was, uh, you know, created in a similar means. So they uh, track her down to Yasuo Inaba and enter the TV world, joined by Akihiko, having just arrived from South America and um, who also shows up to help after Aegis picks up readings from inside. Naoto, meanwhile, is hired by uh, Public Safety to spy on the Carrijo group and shadow operatives, and she ends up following them into the TV world.
0: Yeah, so uh, then, um, you know, if you remember at the end of uh, Persona 3, uh, Elizabeth uh, kind of ghosted out, and uh, was trying to figure out a uh, way to uh, uh, save our protagonist. Yes. It's, it's, yeah. So uh, she's still kind of on, uh, on that journey. And uh, so she stops by uh, the gate of death to uh, defeat Erebus, who comes back about once a year. And uh, she picks it up with uh, one hand throws it through a portal on the moon, and then kills it in one hit with uh, Thanatos. <laughs> um, <clears throat> like, uh, yeah, every, every you know, it's like, like, is that is that just like the ultimate anime cliche right there? I, I, I know, and it's just,
1: if if Erebus is such a non-issue, why is Minato even there? <laughs> I don't I don't understand. Like at this point, if she could just literally just like throw it and kill it in one hit <laughs> It's like what's the point of all this? Like what was the point oh. of Persona 3's ending and like the gravity of that?
0: It's just it's all gone. <laughs> I mean that's yeah, that's that's the thing that drives me crazy. It's like, okay, have these spinoffs, it's totally fine. Just be like, oh, they're in a parallel universe. It's they're like Shin Megami tensei spin-offs right like smt like every game is in a parallel universe like you know it's like you don't need this like like you have these like really like meaningful and like resonant endings to persona 3 and persona 4 yeah and then you've got to like kind of like shit all over it with um you know forcing these like side games into the canon
1: exactly you know and that that's the big problem just the implementation of these side games like they just they, they 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 don't make a lot of sense and like you said they they destroy a lot of the themes that were you know painstakingly built in the original games uh and cuz it just doesn't make any sense cuz you have to just i guess you have to keep justifying why wacky hijinks happen when, like you said, all they have to really do is just pull the, oh, alternate universe. I mean, it's a fighting game. It doesn't need, like, a deep plot. <laughs> no,
0: no, it does not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, you know, like, the dancing games, it does not, They those do not need deep plots. You know? <laughs> no, they don't. And I'm not even going to get into Persona Cube here. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, I I I don't want to spoil. You know, we'll eventually get to Persona Q one of these days. But uh, you know, and and I I don't want to spoil too much there. But like, they really bend over backwards to get the P3 and P4 characters all together once again. Even though once again, none of them recognize each other. And it's like, at least in that game, you know, it's like a narrative-driven game. And I don't necessarily like how they went about integrating the uh, two uh, casts. Yeah, But, you know, it's like, in that case, like, okay, make some kind of effort. But, like, yeah, you know, like a dancing game, a fighting game, like, fuck it, you know? Have, have not Stephen Hawking show up from smt and be like hey guess what <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh yeah we got a lot of plots still to get through oh, at yeah, whoops. <laughs> no no it's fine it's fine um uh so uh yeah elizabeth uh heads over to the tv world when she feels all the Persona users gathering there hoping that she may find something in the strange phenomenon that may be able to help her defeat uh erebus for good so that she could save the boy who became the seal to protect humanity, uh, <clears throat> she encounters two of the boy's successors. One that she had befriended and given the Velvet Room's guidance, uh, given the Velvet Room's guidance under her supervision, and another who had uh, also received the Velvet Room's guidance, but this time under Margaret's supervision. And so, as the persona users get to the announcement room where uh, Reese is uh, being locked up. They discover Labrys and soon learn about her as her shadow reveals her true self.
1: Okay, so let's see. So Labrys was basically created in 1999 at the uh, Carrijo Ergonomics Lab, and most of her development was done through forcing her to fight other models of her series. She grew close to one of her sisters, uh, number 24, was but was forced to destroy her too. She eventually escaped the lab, dealing a lot of damage to it in the process, but was recaptured and sealed away. After vanishing from Mitsu's plane, she was tossed into the TV world, and her shadow self created a tournament to let other people felt feel what she felt. So, the uh, persona users defeat Shadow labrus and labrus accepts her and turns the shadow into the persona Aryan. Is that how you say it? Um Oh uh, yeah, I think so. As they um it's kind, of, yeah. kind of an unfortunate
0: name, but you know.
1: <laughs> as they prepare to leave, however, the true mastermind behind everything takes control of her and makes her attack everyone. But Fuka manages to reach Yasu Inaba in time and cut off his connection. However, this mastermind ends up escaping. Um So, turns out the mastermind is a human with no persona who cannot enter the TV world, but is partnered with something non-human that can shapeshift and pretends to be various characters' shadows. Uh, So, (laughs) I I guess, yes. Um, And their objective is to weaken the persona users mentally so that their personas will revert to shadows. Uh, The plot is that they need to gather strong shadows for their project. And reverting the persona users' powerful persona would make exceptionally strong shadows. So, out of all of that, probably the, it just reminded me. The only thing that I actually did like, I actually liked Labrisse's backstory. I guess because I'm a big sucker of the um, plot of, you know, you kind of have this family and then you're forced to kill them, and because I've seen that plot used in video games before, and it always like kind of gets me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I I did. And I thought Labrys was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, like But um mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh-oh. Yeah. So no, I I really I did like Labrys herself a lot, you know. It was just It was just unfortunate that like, she had to be in like this game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So yeah, both of them escape, and uh, Mitsuru tells the Persona users of Anaba to forget about everything and leave the rest of the case to them. Yu convinces everyone to comply with uh, Mitsuru's order, but she and I just uh, uh, easily see through this act, and they regardlessly decide to let them do what they want. Though both also plan to do everything they can to keep out of harm's way, which, you know, is, is a pretty good plan in general. Yeah. Like, do what you can, but also don't get hurt exactly <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before they leave uh, Lavers meets up with the Inaba group once more and tells them that she will leave and join with Matura's group to catch the culprit so that she can protect her new friends while she and uh, I guess, uh vow to find their mother and uh, yeah after they leave you and uh, Yosuke tell everyone that they are reforming the uh, investigation team as everyone prepares for what comes next so, uh, yeah, the penultimate boss in most characters' story mode is uh, Shadow Labrys. Um, and the final boss of the Persona 4 cast is a brainwashed Labrys with uh, uh, Ariande. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And then the final bosses of the uh, Persona 3 characters in Aota is their own fake shadow. In Teddy's case, he has an extra fight against Kanji. He thinks everything is a dream and uh, shows up looking for a fight, which uh, sounds like Kanji. <laughs> so
1: um elizabeth's story mode ends with her gaining insight on the nature of the wild card from you and i guess, and she gains her own fool arcana signifying the start of a new journey for her in addition you Chie, yukiko and kanji are given choices in specific parts of their story where they're given prompts uh to respond to for you this is merely aesthetic as a callback uh to how the player characters' dialogue choices function, you know, in Persona 4, although through specific choices uh, can lead to an extra scene with Margaret. However, for the other characters, their choices can either lead them to their true ending or a non-canon joke ending where each of them are in a situation where the case is prematurely ended with the group in an awkward reaction. And um, as we stated before everything we just stated is canon.
0: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You know what they don't really touch on is uh, how uh, the P3 and P4 teams uh, forget one another. Yeah, Oh, that is a really good point. They just kind of do I guess. Like, it's weird. (laughs) Because, you know, they keep on meeting and then, you know, they always forget forget one another.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's I don't I don't know. I mean I I don't even know why they would do that. Like wouldn't it just make more sense to keep building on those relations rather than oh no no no, they just kinda kinda restart again. Yeah, that's a great idea.
0: <laughs> I mean, I feel like maybe it's you know, it's like like maybe it's a kind of holdover over from the SMT whole idea where you know, even though the Persona games all take place in the same universe um, the SMT games like, take place in like parallel universes or you know, uh, Flesh was telling me on Slack last night that um, that may not entirely be true, but he didn't want to spoil a game that I haven't played, but you know, for, for most intents and purposes, like the SMT games, like, are not connected, um, you know, like, plot-wise, you know, like, as far as, like, plot mechanics-wise, you know, you're not, you're not finding, like, uh, the Demi Fiend uh, hanging out with Raidu. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and like, the dance-off. And so, I wonder if that's part of it, you know, and, but they also, like, they, they do the callbacks and, like, the different, like, games, like. You know, in P4 and P5, you see, like, little, like, callbacks to uh, characters from previous games. And, you know, I mean, I understand why just for, like, the economy of characters, they wouldn't want to have, like, you or, like, you know, Chie show up in Persona 6. Right. Uh, but, like, for a spinoff game, like, why why can't they just, like, all, like, be, like, Hey, it's you. You know, remember that. Remember this crazy time that we did this or whatever.
1: Exactly. No, it's true.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Persona Q two will, uh, you know, give us the uh, give us the uh, you know final like you know connection between the characters. But I'm not holding my. Plan.
1: No, I'm not. Honestly, I, and i and I know this is a long shot because Atlas likes to pretend unless they're doing. Promotional art that Persona 1 and 2 doesn't exist. but yeah but honestly i felt like for persona q2 it would have been way better if it was the persona 5 characters and the persona 2 characters because not only are there tons of parallels between the characters and plot threads in each in each of those like games but just because like the mm. aesthetics would fit really well too and i think it would have made for a better focus like instead of cramming in like Three groups, like two of them, which we which already had their own game, you know the P three and P four cast. You could have had a better focus on the Persona five cast, um, as well as like having you know some new characters in there as well. Like I don't know, I just thought it would have been so much fun for like a lot of these um those characters to interact, and you know, I mean, I knew it wasn't gonna happen, but it would have to me it would have been a way better persona q sequel
0: yeah and I, I i i don't know why they're like so against like just even like bringing up like the fact that persona 1 and persona 2 were like things that existed
1: yeah exactly i don't understand that
0: i mean i know the mechanics are way different you know and like i haven't played persona 2 persona 1 was not one of my favorite smt games in the world i found it kind of frustrating and annoying in parts but like you know like there there are like some kind of like running threads throughout the entire series and it would be worth like at least like tying that together somehow
1: yeah exactly that's how i feel too and it's just it is kind of disappointing that we don't really see that anymore and i think q2 would have been like a fun kind of way to start tying that in but you know once again I wasn't holding my breath but I was just kind of thinking like oh man that would have
0: been great (laughs) I mean you know yeah there's if I'll I'll add that you know we can add that to our like SMT persona wish list like my wish list is uh, that we would get uh, (laughs) (laughs) HD versions of uh, um basically all the ps2 um smt games oh that would be great um uh, um nhd on the switch you know that's that's my like never gonna happen this list
1: <laughs> no I, I i agree it's like we we all have that you know so <laughs> and we'll add we'll add a persona 2 and persona 5 crossover to that never gonna happen list that we really want <laughs>
0: Well, you know, I mean, I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if the uh, if we eventually got a HD Nocturne. And the reason why I say that is because a few years ago, uh, Sony started releasing all those, like, upscaled PS2 uh, games. Yeah. And, like, those looked really good uh, on the PS4. And you know, any of the SMT games would have been perfect for that. And the fact that we didn't get that makes me feel like... I, I mean, I don't think we're going to get, like, you know, the Ryu games or anything. But I would not be surprised if there's like, you know, if they've got, like, an HD Nocturne in the back pocket. Because, you know, I mean, if there's something Atlas loves doing, it's, uh, you know, re-releasing stuff and making... making more exactly. So... <laughs> Um, (laughs) which isn't to say that we don't love you Atlas we do but you know still still and if you do that Nocturne please bring it to Switch because that is my console of choice most of the time anyway so uh, should we move on to the third game of uh, of uh, our uh, all fighting all the time uh, Persona uh extra uh battle yeah, Absolutely <laughs> so we're going to close out with a uh, blaze blue cross tag battle which was released in 2018 for the PS4, Switch, Windows and uh, the arcade and uh, it brings together all the protagonists from uh, Persona 4 with characters from Blaze Blue Undernight and Birth, RWBY and Ar- Ar- Arcana Heart which honestly I don't know what the fuck Blaze Blue Undernight and Birth, RWBY or Ar- Arcana Heart other than, like, some weird characters that show up in this game. Because um, I only played the, the uh, Persona 4 uh, kind of uh, spread of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think, um, well, Arcana Hearts, I definitely remember that. That was released during their whole, like, weird stint when they did, like, a lot of super anime-esque games. So Arcana Hearts is just basically, like, this all-female fighter uh, uh, fighting game, and, the the main draw of that i guess was that each character represented like you know a popular anime girl trope so it was basically like just super fodder for like really passionate uh, anime fans <laughs> you know you could it's kind of like a waifu fighter almost sort of
0: like oh yeah this is my favorite trope like i love sundae i'm going to play as her like <laughs> Speaking of, speaking of waifu fighters, why don't we have a uh, hyperdimension uh, Neptunia uh, fighter yet? You know that is a really good question. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, it differs from some of the other art games in that the game features like two two by uh, two versus two battles and uh, tagins. Early on in the uh, Persona 4 thread, it's basically just uh, Persona 4 uh, protagonists. As the uh, game goes on, they uh, end up being—you uh, end up like teaming up with uh, members of uh, other franchises. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so the story is just totally acceptable. Like it's just a load of nonsense. It doesn't really address why the Persona 4 characters are there. There are some cute callbacks, but there's a whole lot of text that you have to just kind of keep on clicking through that doesn't say anything of meaning. And, uh, you know, it's kind of annoying, really. (laughs) Exactly. uh, The basic premise is that the uh, characters from the different franchises are drawn to a dimension called the Phantom Field. And a uh, mysterious voice tells them that if they want to return to the world, they need to protect something called the Keystone. So uh, with that, basically, the warriors begin fighting each other to steal their Keystones. And uh, so, yeah, every time you have a battle, um, basically, it ends with uh, characters from the different franchises arguing over who should take uh, the Keystone. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's about it. And uh, <laughs> not not to be that big of a, not to give that big of a spoiler, but uh, by the end of the game, you are fighting something that looks like, I don't know, like a top. <laughs> um, and that's the final boss. And uh, then uh, your Persona 4 friends get sent back to uh, back to their home. And, uh, fortunately, this is not canon. Oh, yes. Um, I, it's Yeah, it's a pretty fun fighting game. Um, I would not pay full price for it. Uh, but if you saw it on sale, if you wanted like just a good kind of like brainless like fighting game to pick up on your switch and play on the bus or whatever, um, you know, it might be worth the time, especially if you really like the franchises. I think that as far as like uh, you know, our fight fighting games on the switch, uh, the Dragon Ball. the Dragon Ball uh, Z one is better, but Agreed. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to, you know, if you really like want to play like Persona Four characters fighting on the train or the bus, then uh, this is pretty good, pretty good pickup. And just as like an interesting little piece of trivia, uh, this marks the uh, first Persona related game to hit PCs since the very first Persona game. Oh yeah, that's true, actually. So, and I didn't even realize that the, uh, first, uh, game came to the PC.
1: Yeah, me neither. So, yeah, oh my gosh. Oh, man, what, uh, that's actually interesting that out of any game, it's just this one randomly. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know, I know, I know. So, yeah, that's it, uh, I think, for, uh, the fighting, for, uh, the Persona fighting games, uh, You think we're going to get a uh, Persona Five arena at some point? Uh, probably. Um, I know. I remember a
1: while back. Um, there was an interest expressed in like you know getting doing more side like spinoff games for Persona Five. And I mean, even if we're just going by Atlas's uh, tendency to milk their franchises, which they've been doing a lot, yeah, they definitely got to do some fighting games from persona five and i don't yeah. know some other some other stuff
0: <laughs> and yeah I, I mean i think it, i think you know atlas has always liked to milk their stuff but i think uh, sega is also in there being like hey this is a huge hit like let's <laughs> let's like uh let's uh, ride this as much as we can because you know not many of our games are selling that well so exactly yeah yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I, I God, what I, I can't even imagine. Yeah. So let's see. There'll definitely be a dancing game. There's already a dancing game, isn't there? Um. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. For Persona Five and Persona Three, they have the two dancing games. So that's done already.
0: Yeah, and there's going to be Persona Q Two. There's going to be the the extended version of persona 5 there'll probably be a switch version I'm just trying to fit. I'm just trying to figure out like what else they could do like persona 5 platform <laughs> exactly yeah I, I you know I wouldn't mind a uh, persona 5 uh, I don't know like a monster hunter where you're like uh, fighting uh, you know fighting personas but it's in a monster hunter style world that
1: that would actually be pretty cool I kind of um, kind of wish they would do no, not kind of, but, you know, I mean, if they had to do more spinoffs, that would be probably a better idea than just sort of the generic ones they've been doing, like uh,
0: rhythm game and stuff. <laughs> but, you know, you know, you know what I would really, really like is uh, one uh Tensei Five. <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: I know. That'd be fantastic, Atlas. Uh, why don't you uh, actually show us that but, game, you know, in your mainline series? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Or or a release date. Like, <laughs> That'd be
1: nice too. Some gameplay, another trailer, or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well. We got we got that one trailer that was just like, uh, here's some assets we made in Unreal. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, yeah. I would love to see uh SMT five. Um, I'm super excited it's coming to Switch. I'll be uh, really enjoying it in 2022. <laughs> um, I I also really like to see uh, Persona Six. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean,
1: I'm I'm hopefully you know, if Persona Six will be a little better because you know overall I was a little disappointed with Persona Five. Like it wasn't a bad game, but mm-hmm. I felt like they weren't trying nearly as hard with it. So I'm like tentatively. Uh, Looking forward to 6. And like, you know, maybe they'll push things more with the plot and everything.
0: I would really... I mean, this is my wish for... I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before. But this is my wish for Persona 6. Is that they... You know, they don't necessarily have to like throw out the entire like... You know, engine and mechanics. But I would really like them to you know, not necessarily turn it into like an open world game, but like turn it into a game where the actions that you, the choices that you make and the actions that you take have a lot more consequence on the world as a whole. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, as opposed to just like, the closest they've come to doing anything like that is like, oh, you date all the girls and at the end they get mad at you. But like, it would be awesome if like, you know, you make friends with, you know, you make a connection with one character and it affects, like, some other side plot. You know, it's like, that would be, I think that would be a huge leap forward uh, for, for Persona 6.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I, I completely agree. And also, if they can just do something and revamp the uh, all-out, uh, the, the, the one-more system, because I feel like at this point it's already been pushed as far as it's gonna go and honestly if i really have to be honest i feel like it's not nearly as deep as press turn so i'm kind of like mm-hmm. i hope if, like you said if they do a revamping you know not only with changing up how they present the world but in ju- just in terms of like making the gameplay like more imaginative and exciting
0: again yeah i mean i, I just feel like i really need to like um really just need to like shake things up again
1: yeah. yeah, completely I
0: mean, agree. When they when they uh, you know like when they made the jump from Persona two to Persona three, like that was a radical change. I mean, they basically like transformed the JRPG genre by doing yeah. that. Um, and I think they're capable. I mean, they're clearly capable of doing that. You know, um, and I think they could do it. Again. Do it again. I just, you know, I, I, I'm worried that they're just going to keep on, you know, iterating in the same way. And, you know, to be honest, like, there's a lot of things I liked about Persona 5, but it was a slog.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, the pacing was really off on that game. I didn't understand why it was so, like, dragged out this time around when they've already been really good at, like, keeping a
0: pretty decent JRPG pace. <laughs> Well, I mean, I and, and I, you know, like in so many ways, like the plot was incoherent, which is like, I think, I think that's a testament to like, don't, don't develop a game over the course of eight or nine yes. years, and, like write a, and also be writing a story over the course of eight or nine years, exactly. Because, like, <laughs> shit just going to get incoherent, like especially like that scene. <clears throat> Um, and you know, th- this is you know, a tangent. And if you haven't played Persona 5 by now, I mean, you've already been spoiled by the rest of this episode. <laughs> but like, when you know, that whole like switcheroo happens near the I don't know, like 70% in the, into the game, and they have to have like diagrams to explain how it happened, like how they like fake Joker's death. Yeah. Like, that is that's like I mean you know everything that you are told about like writing like show don't or, or you know it's like show don't tell like avoid exposition it's like and there they are like giving us like a basic like flow chart explaining yeah. <laughs> like, like that is not the sign of like good writing
1: exactly and that was that was a huge issue it's just like wait hold on a minute. <laughs>
0: I don't know, <clears throat> and I'm sure that like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure people will be annoyed uh, <laughs> <laughs> that we're backing on Persona Five again. But like, I mean, you know, we're backing on Persona Five because we love these, we love these exactly. games, exactly, you know, and they have like the potential to be so much better. And I, I have sympathy for the fact that like, Persona Five was developed by a Company that was in an economically precarious situation that had minimal resources and like had never really like developed an HD game before. Yes. Um. Like, I do have you know, I I do have sympathy for that, but at the same time, like, I mean, God's sake, like, you know, it's like you're a writer, I'm a writer, I'm an editor, like like go back and have somebody do a do a exactly like (laughs) make sure like it makes sense
1: you know it's something have yeah have people really look over it and like overall and be like okay like these plot points connect is this character you know introduced and developed correctly like there's a lot of things that
0: were kind of overlooked (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And like maybe just shave. Yeah, it's not going to kill you. Like, shave. I don't know. (laughs) Shave 15 hours off it. You know, like I I do not mind like 80, 90 hour RPGs. Yeah, me neither. Like, I'm totally fine. I'm totally fine with that. But I'm not okay with it. Like, lots of like padding. Exactly. Like, it all has to be significant. Mm hmm. Yeah, so anyway, <laughs> um, uh, once again, we, uh, an episode ends with a uh, <laughs> Persona 5 bitch uh, fest, but uh, that's okay. That's okay. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I don't know if there's anything that you want to add about the games that we, uh, we touched on. Not really, no, I think we were pretty thorough in
1: it, you know, Um, I mean, (laughs) Persona 4 Arena is what it is, Um, uh, and so was, well, there's not much to say anyway about uh, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, because as I said, the plot was just, you know, just there so we could have all these characters together, which I, I, I won't hate on too badly, because I'd rather have a short silly plot than a really long ridiculous plot.
0: And then, oh, yeah, totally.
1: and then of course, you know, Joker, we we went over him pretty well. I mean, and the consensus Joker is pretty amazing as a character, like
0: as a fighter. So, you know, we hope Oh yep, yeah, we hope if you if you have a smash and a switch like and like I don't know, what is it, 6 bucks, like like go and buy that yes. right now, you know. It is, it is, like, a significant, like, or he he is, like, probably one of the best fighters in the entire game.
1: Yes, no, I completely agree. It's, he's absolutely worth it if you can, if you can actually buy it, absolute worth buy. It was a lot of fun. Probably, honestly, I'm going to just say it, it's probably by far the best, uh uh inclusion of anything real persona in a fighting game and it's funny that it was nintendo <laughs> yeah so <laughs> that's I, uh, that well, you know
0: <laughs> well yeah i mean i'm sure that uh god what's 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 the name of the uh developer oh uh
1: masahiro sakurai
0: yeah i'm sure sakurai you know Took a couple, couple more years off his life, <laughs> like, making sure that Jinker, like, like, God, that guy needs, that guy needs, like, a, like, two-year he,
1: vacation. He does. He, oh, he deserves the world. I feel so, every time I
0: see him, I'm just like, please take a vacation. <laughs> I know, it's insane. Like, he's like, I read an interview with him recently, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't trust anyone else to, like, do the balancing. Of the characters. I don't, you know, and it's like, he's in there. He's like writing the code, like for the games and stuff like that. And it's like, it's like, Jesus, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, oh yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Sakurai, take a vacation. Good job. Um, on the next episode, we are definitely going to, uh, dig Fletch out of, uh, the, uh, hoarder house. That uh, he's in right now, <laughs> or he's cleaning out. And we are going to do Shin Megami Tensei 2 for all you heads who are like, hey, I thought this was the Shin Megami Tensei podcast. <laughs> and you guys have been doing bullshit like Tokyo Mod <laughs> sessions and, uh, <laughs> and uh, Super Smash Brothers. Exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, we got some hardcore uh, SMT coming your way. Um, and then I think after that, I don't know, should we just give it away? Uh, I think we're going to do a digital devil, so- devil saga. Yeah,
1: I believe so. Yes.
0: Um, so yeah, there's going to be a couple of uh, pretty hardcore uh, SMT games uh, coming up down the pike here. Um, let's see. Is there anything uh, you want to plug or add? uh before uh we uh, jump off
1: of- um well recently i've uh returned to dual shockers again which is uh online you know video game publication so i'm a weekend writer there again so if you just want to see me write generally about video games um i tend to have a specialty with japanese ones particularly you know persona but I basically write about anything. Um, you can check out my articles. Um, you can also check out my previews. I recently did like five previews, so <laughs> there's that. I have a review coming up in May. I won't surprise what the game is, but you'll be seeing that. So you know, when you get a chance, check out uh, check out Dual Shockers. Check out my author profile, and you know, hopefully, you like it.
0: Yeah, I'll throw a uh, I'll throw a link to it in uh, in the uh, show notes so people can uh, jump right there. Thank you. And uh, yeah, are you still doing uh, uh Black Girl Gamers? Yes,
1: actually. So that yeah, thank you for reminding me. So that's of course something else you can always support. Um, the main account is on Twitter, uh, and you know Black Girl Gamers is a group, as you can tell, of like various. Um, Of us, you know, black ladies who are in the video game industry, either, you know, unlike in my case as a journalist, or you have a lot of Twitch streamers and uh, other professionals. It's a great group. We have an online store, so you can support us through that as well. So, you know, feel free to come by on our Twitter handle and give us some love.
0: (laughs) Cool. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll add a... uh... At a uh, link to that in the uh, show notes as well, and uh, yeah, let's see. I don't think I have anything to plug myself. Um, I am uh trying to uh teach myself how to uh make a game in uh either uh RPG Maker or uh Game Maker, so you know, maybe I'll have something to show for that. Um, you yeah, know, around the time that Persona 7 comes out, oh, that's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, yeah, I've been kicking around some ideas for uh, doing uh, additional podcasts, but let you know um, uh, if uh, there's any news on that for the time being, you can just uh, follow me on uh, Twitter at uh, Paul M. Davis. And uh, yeah, other than that, uh, let's see, you can rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. That is much appreciated. And it really helps our rankings, it helps people find us, and uh, it also uh, uh, helps Bury, the person was really mad that uh, I was constantly talking shit about Persona 5 uh, for a year. Uh, bury his, his review. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, let's see, we're on the Twitter at uh, Mega Ten Marathon. we're on Facebook, MegatendMarathon, Marathon am i uh forgetting anything else oh yeah uh email us if you want uh megatendmarathon at gmail.com anything else i don't i
1: think that's about it we
0: pretty much covered everything cool all right, Well, talk to you soon Elisa. yep same here it was great being here once again <laughs> indeed indeed and uh yeah we will uh see you guys soon all
1: right take care everyone